That's your decision now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. For decades, buying a silencer has been difficult. But in 2005, Silencer Central set out to simplify the suppressor buying process. So whether you're planning your next hunt or putting together a range day, you'll enjoy every shot you take with Silencer Central, straight to your front door. Hey guys, welcome back to the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. It is your host, it's Mike Glover. I'm here with Aaron Snyder, the, I'll, I'll say, is it okay to say co-founder or partner? Partner. Partner, yeah. I, uh, Partner's a proper term. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's go a partner <laughs> of um, Kafaru. Now, um, if you haven't seen uh, Phil Craft Survival's training, my company's training uh, in Utah, we co-use a, a ranch owned by Kafaru in Spanish Fork, which allows us to do bushcraft, survival, mobility. Uh, at the end of January, we get a mobility experience. All the cool stuff because of Kafaru. Also, if you've been tracking me on social media, Aaron Snyder and Kafaro is one of the first companies that I, as an entrepreneur, started to work with. Uh, first companies out the gate. Uh, they opened their doors. I went to their facility in Colorado, got the tour by, by then the owner uh, who was, I, I think, in charge. Yeah, yeah and then, back then he was. Yeah, yeah and then uh, you since stepped into the CEO position um, but if you don't know Aaron Snyder, you should, because, uh, all the things that we educate in hunting, he's the man. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who hunts more and has as much experience than Aaron Snyder in backcountry hunting. Sure. There's guys who hunt from tree stands, um, that bait whitetail. Um, but that's not Aaron Snyder. Aaron Snyder is the backcountry hunter, the guy that, um, we look to as a subject matter expert. So, Aaron, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. A bit, yeah, obviously, known you now for I think the f 2011 might have been the first time I talked to you. I was trying to think about that. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute, and I didn't yeah. really know who you were. It's kind of a funny story. Um, you know, back then, obviously, because you were doing hood rat shit, and uh, yeah. one of my buddies went to. He was in basic training with Kevin, mm -hmm. um, and then figured out who you were from there. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, you become close friends after that. But, yeah, it's been a, the, the Kafaru thing's been an adventure because, you know, Patrick owned it, and then he handed it over to me, and then, you know, Chad and I bought it. Um, and then we moved to Wyoming, uh, you know, a few months ago, and then we're growing like crazy. And, and then, let's face it, I um, didn't go to school to um, do any of this shit, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm winging it along the way. But uh, You've been doing it a while now, though. Yeah, I'm getting, getting the hang of it. Uh, there's always something that you uh, you don't realize you don't know until you, like, really screw it up. And then, like, for me, and I, I lead the same way. I would rather somebody bite off way more than they can chew and work their ass off to, to catch up, right, to, to make it up, than... Um, then just be lazy, right? And so, you know, people are like, yeah, man, I can't believe you only sleep four hours. And I'm like, I'm winging it a lot. I have to sleep four hours to <laughs> catch up on my screw-ups and learn. So I've never had to YouTube, like, Google um, so much stuff in my life. Like, you know, I've always been, you know, like, whatever, leadership books and, you know, whatever, obviously, uh, stoicism. I'm always trying, but, like, there's now I'm like, hmm, we're going to have to read about some TPS reports, right? I'm going to have to start learning a little bit more on the accounting, forecasting, but it's it's going good, so. Yeah, same. It's, it uh, you know, business, you know, at the time you're front-running kind of the marketing aspect of getting out there and doing the thing, but getting down in the weeds now, being the CEO, and also doing the thing, because it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem 
like your hunting's been affected, at least from the surface. You're still getting out there, right? Yeah, yeah. No, just my just my mental stability. No, no, it's been it's I have a good crew and I, I have to mention that that I've got a, 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 a solid core crew of people around me that, that carry my ass, right? Because I couldn't, you know, I'm right about to leave right now. You know, I'm stopping on the way down to Arizona. I'm going to be 10 days down there. Uh, I, I guide after that. And then I've got a bunch of different, uh, you know, the seminars and classes and everything else. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, it's uh, Dana White, uh, you know, said something the other day. It was one of those things that pops up on Instagram. And he was like, Anybody that works hard this day should own everything. And I can't remember the terminology. He was like, but all these people after COVID not wanting to go back to work and lazy. He was like, just work your ass off. You're you're gonna crush it. And man, there's a lot of, you know, truth to that. And in 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 not to, you know, jump around, but like for me, well, you're the same. I just thought, you know, if I just work my ass off, I'll figure it out. Like people are like, what were your goals? And I'm like, mm. Work like try to make it. You know, I didn't have an exact like roadmap for this, and I don't know if you did. You had an idea, yeah, right. Yeah, but it's not yeah. like I drew out a storyboard, right? I was just yeah. like, I know I want to be out in the woods as much as possible, teaching, helping. But you know, I didn't wasn't like I had a life coach beside me, you know, mapping it out. So I just figured I'll work my ass off, figure it out, and now have people helping me that do the same thing. So it's, yeah, it's been well, good. let's talk about that because um, I know you as the backcountry hunter that has a lot of expertise in and doing the thing from solo hunts to like these crazy cross-country experiences now Kafaro teaches land nav and all these skill sets how did you get into hunting in the first place and how did you link up with Kafaro? yeah so the hunting uh you know i'm from my hometown is detroit lake oregon which most people it's 200 people it's wow. in the middle of cascades not a lot going on but you know cause you know problems and go hunting and fishing and um, you know, as a kid, right. But it's a great place to, you know, be raised. So as a young age, um, you know, my dad wasn't like a really great hunter, but he took me out. And then I worked on a trail crew team uh, where we cleaned off like the, the trails in the wilderness in the summers with crosscut saws. And that's what it gave me the idea of backpack hunting. Mm. Cause you know, when you're a kid and your dad's drinking, driving around, you know, whatever, doing redneck shit. I didn't know what backpacking was or hunting, you know, I was 13 <laughs> years. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm working with these guys doing the trail crew thing and uh, Pacific Crest Trail goes right through there. So like I'm, you know, six, eight miles into the wilderness as a 14, 15 year old kid and there's animals everywhere. And mm. I'm like, this makes sense. There's no one back here. I'm not going to be bothered. And so that's kind of what kicked off the, the backpack hunting for me and then you know as time went on um you know i was in the army for a while i got out i didn't know what i was going to do i didn't have your skill set in the army so when i got out i could be like you know, a cop or you know what i mean i yeah. didn't didn't have a super like crazy high level so i was like i gotta i gotta just do something to where i can hunt a lot so i ended up working on commercial built high rises doing glass aluminum iron working and just like living in poverty but saving as much money so i could take three or four months a year off and what that taught me was if you get so good at what you do, mm. it's hard to fire someone like that. And yeah. so I got really good at it because when I would leave on August 15th and not come back, I knew I was still probably going to have a job, even though they weren't very happy that I was taking all that unpaid time off to go hunting. Yeah, I got skilled enough at it to where they kind of had to hire me back, which I'm not advocating that thought process, right? I <laughs> but it worked and I wanted to be in the woods a lot. So I was doing that and I was doing a lot of stuff on the side, writing articles, testing gear and testing backpacks. Um, one of the last backpacks I tested, uh, 2009, 10, 11 timeframe, um, was a Kafaru right in my, you know, backyard 
they're fairly unknown. Finally met Patrick, you know, and kind of a kooky, you know, guy, like very, well, you know, Patrick. Eccentric. Right? Yeah. yeah. Eccentric. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, insane vocabulary. And, and I, it was, we're talking and I'm a hundred miles an hour. He's very calm. And I'm, he's like, you know, he's, he's getting to know me. And I'm like, man, we, I, he gave me a backpack. I, I used it on a trip. It was the most comfortable thing I'd worn, but I didn't like the bag. And I came back and I'm like, man, we should design a different bag. He didn't really know me from Adam. Condensed version, fast forward. I basically, he adopts me as his son, has me take over the company in his place. Uh, so that's how I met Patrick, was just showed up on the front door like a bad penny. Got a backpack from him, tried it out, and then he and I hit it off. And Yeah, it, yeah. Seemed, it seemed at the time when I met you and Patrick and got the tour of the facility and everything, he was not a trusting person of people around him. But he, no. he profoundly trusted you. And that was the magic in the relationship. And at the time, you know, when I was overseas still, at the time I was um, in the military and in the reserve component, but also contracting for the agency, I would watch all your stuff because you were the guy that worked for the company, but you were doing the thing. Like your, the Kafaru bag was getting the best testament and validation being in the back country, humping out, you know, packing out uh, solo, all the things, and nobody else in the industry was doing that. I mean, it was that was yeah, that not, just part by design, or was that nah, something that man, you just, just did? It just happened. You know, yeah. a lot of this people again, and I you, you might give different <laughs> advice, but pe you know, people ask me all the time, like, how do I get into the outdoor industry? And I'm like, yeah, what what do you want? You, do you want to just be in the outdoors? Because then you don't want to get in the industry. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because you be, won't be outdoors. Be, 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 go go be a cop, right? Go be yeah. a, a fireman. Go go do something. You get you know four on and four, whatever the schedule yeah. is, right? Four and three off. But uh, I you know what I did just right place, right time, hard work, luck. You know, Patrick. I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't happen. And I'm not saying that in a arrogant way at all. Um, very few people actually get paid to go hunting. Right. It just doesn't happen. to do what they love. Yep. To yeah. do what they love. And, and I, you know, I have to put myself in check and we just reason why we're doing this podcast. I'm having a mental breakdown. And I call Mike and a couple other guys. I'm like, Hey, talk me off the ledge here. Right. And I got to remember, I am doing things that people would kill for. Like I get to yeah. do amazing things. And so when I get kind of in a hole, I'm like, I don't have to pay for any gear. I get to shoot, hunt, you know, do it pretty much whatever I want, surrounded by good people, you know, and stay focused. Because if you just try to get in the outdoor industry, you know, it's like say, hey, how do I get in the tactical industry? Yeah. Put 25 years of hard work and service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you mean not start an Instagram account? Because that's how you get in the yeah. tactical space. You just start an Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and it's the same. Like, uh, that's why I don't I don't fuck with tactical stuff. It's yeah. not my thing. I don't have enough. Yeah. I mean, when I say I don't have enough background, like there are like multiple levels of hunting, right? Of like you said, whitetail hunting and the guy that goes out on the weekend and his buddies go out and set up a camp. And, you know, as you go up that higher level, that upper echelon, the percentage of actual bona fide professionals gets slimmer. Yes. And then the tactical side of things, like I could fake it, right? Unless somebody like you came up and you'd eat my ass alive, but I could fake it for a while. I, don't, yeah. I can speak the language. Well, what I had learned, like when we're talking about all this, like you were doing the thing, like I'm, I'm out there learning real quick. Cause I was not a tech guy. I didn't like social media was there's a lot of people out there full of shit. Yeah. Right. I mean, and there's yeah. a lot of people faking the funk and, and not giving great advice. And mm -hmm. so 
when I met Patrick, I was writing these reviews and I, I, I kind of had just said, you know what? I'm just going to speak my mind about gear. I'm going to do what I do. I'm not going to take money from companies unless I believe in that company, you know, to, to the core and I'm bouncing around in it, but it worked out. But there's not, uh, again, like if I said, Hey Mike, how do I start a field craft? Mm. Could you sum that up in a sentence? Right. Like, yeah, yeah probably not. Right? Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot. Yeah. You, so you, it's interesting because you had a decade long journey of working at Kafaru and then how did it work? Did Patrick decide he wanted to step away and then offered it up? I, you, I mean, it, the things that you don't want to get into, I'm just trying to I'll set leave, the context of how, because you're know. running stuff now. Yeah, I'll leave out like uh, some of the different ins and outs, but I was on a, it was this time of year, I was on a hunt in Arizona. I had just blown a stock on like a 36 inch wide buck. And I've done that several times <laughs> yeah, Patrick, in Arizona, especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Patrick gets sweating, you know, cactus in my feet, whatever. And he calls, he's like, Hey, uh, how you doing? I'm like, not, not good, man. Not good. I'm sweating. And I just blew a deer out. What's up. And uh, cause he didn't call me very often unless it was important. He's like, mm -hmm. do you want to purchase the company from me? And I was like, just out, just like outright said that. Yeah. And I think what he was looking at is the betterment of his family. Like all it's a very, it was a family owned operated company. Like, you know, de-stress the family because, you know, day-to-day -day activity. Tearing you know, people they all apart. Work. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, man, I don't have kind of juice, but I've got friends that do that I trust. Let me let me talk to them. There were several people that had bugged me. I say bugged me, asked me to to try to purchase Kafaru that I just didn't trust. And there was one guy, Chad, that mm -hmm. I trusted. I called Chad. Amazing he's human like, being. Yeah, great yeah, guy. super good dude. And uh, I called Chad, and he's like, well, what do you think? And you know, there was a few options on the table. One was, look, I got to talk to Patrick. You and Chad, you and I could just start our own backpack company if you want to do that. He's like, what do you mean? I said, look, I got to talk to Patrick and see what's going on, you know, not in a negative or positive way, just info. Like, hey, what's up with the family? Like, what's going on? And uh, he was like, well, I like Patrick. He's like, what do you think? And I was like, man, if you're good for it, let's dive down the rabbit hole. We'll start doing, you know, due diligence and figuring, yeah. you know, doing the thing. And, um, six months later we, we purchased it. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And then, wow. you know, Patrick stepped, he should have retired a long time ago. And I don't mean that like he needed to, I mean, like he, he'd earned it, earned it. Right. Yes. Like, you know, he's, I mean, he could have sold the company and, and, you know, when I say sold the company, like, you know, he's by the time he retired and he got to li live a great life, but yeah, he's pretty damn old. Yeah, that, that was he was thing. old when I met him over a decade ago. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And so like when he finally retired, his body was kind of falling apart, and that was one thing I wished I would have pushed him towards. Which it always, you know, it, it it could seem diabolical, right? Like, hey, Patrick, nudging him to sell the company. But it, for me, it was more like, man, like I'm trying to, like even now, I'm you know 46. I'm mm. I'm trying to figure my exit strategy out to go do other things once the company's running on its own to yep. like, Hey, and I, you know, I was trying to get him to do that, but he never had a me till the last 10 years. Right. Mm. He, not saying there was anything wrong with his daughters, but it takes a very, can you, can you find a mic? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. difficult. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. And when I say find a mic, not just your business experience or your tactical experience, but also just your personality and what you've, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you like a Kevin, yeah, front running the company. It's hard to. Oh, dude, yeah. Believe me, I've, I've been looking at somebody to, you know, I have Anders, right, that can run it and he does great, but then you need a face. Yes. 
that's what's the most difficult part of it is finding a, a face with a good background, reliable. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to do that. I mean, I follow along with, you know, everything you've got going on and which is, you know, a super cool, but like even on the training side of things, um, you know, when you when you're teaching every well, like list off like what what for 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 what I do, I just teach land nav. That's about the only cross pollination you and I would have. You guys teach tactics, home yeah. home security, pistol, personal security, defense, everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could somebody come in tomorrow and take your place? Yeah, it'd be hard to do. I mean, on the tactical side, I could throw a, I could throw a five or six round and hit a tactical instructor. Mm-hmm. I think more so to find somebody who has longevity and just isn't the flat range guy. Like there's a lot of flat range guys who just kind of want to tuck away on the flat range. Yeah. That's where they live and they do very well with people, but you put them out in front of people and they don't want that limelight. I mean, I I got, you know, I got special missions unit operators who work for us Yeah, and they don't want to be me. They don't want to get out and express their opinion because they want a quiet life they earned and teaching SWAT teams and, and expressing those experiences. So I can imagine that'd be difficult for you because when I think of Kafaro, it's funny, even back then, I didn't think about Patrick. I thought about Aaron Snyder. I actually thought you owned the company over a decade ago. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people did. And I, you know, I, I, one of the things, and I had a lot of job offers to to leave Patrick, but one thing with me that's hard to do is, you, you know, you, you dance with the one that brought you and Loyalty. I would not have had those other job offers if it wasn't for Patrick getting me to the position I was in. Yeah. And people fucking forget that. And it drives me violently crazy of like, Hey, if you and I are buddies and you put me under your wing and in seven years, I'm like, man, Mike, this guy's offering me 200 K a year. Mm. Well, he wouldn't be fucking offering me that if you wouldn't have put me in the position I was in and I'm about to screw you. And people do that every day. I could name five and, people for my company who did that, who, no longer work for one company. of the reasons I called you yesterday to rap was I know that and that like yeah. that that hurts right not just on yeah. a financial or I say business level but it hurts personally it does and that's one thing that was hard for me and I thought about it a few times with Patrick um you know over time and it just in in me I just can't couldn't do it and so I was like you know what I'm not swinging a hammer you know I'm not you know whatever I'm not hanging out of a building I've got a good job and we'll see where this goes I'm gonna trust that Patrick will you know, take care of me and, you know, it worked out, worked out great, but I would have never had all of these opportunities if it wasn't for that man. So it would have been pretty hard for me to, to leave, leave, is, you know, leave him. Is Patrick still alive? Is he yeah, still- he, he is. I mean, like he's not doing, I mean, he's doing all right, but I mean, he's got to be 86 now, 87, yeah. you know, maybe 85. Yeah. I, uh, I talked to him, Oh, when we opened the new facility, just to show him, you know, I, I I want him to be proud of what we're doing and make sure he understands the legacy is the legacy of the brand. Yeah, is, yeah. is, is going strong. So, well, he, go ahead. Well, as I say, let's talk about what what is Kafaru because um, a lot of people think it's just a backpack company, but Kafaru is a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even more so now. Um, but yeah, we you know we do as far as what we offer. It's all American made, all American components, very compliant. Uh, backpacks, sleeping bags, shelters, stoves, accessories. Yeah, it's. Pre- I mean, and when I say day packs, camera bags, you know, whatever chest rigs, not like crazy tactical, like fly fishing chest rigs. Um, you know, fanny packs, all kinds of stuff, and. 
now we're offering, uh, which I talked to you about, like we're starting to offer schools and not like what you do, but like hunting, like, you know, yeah. archery. Hunter and, prep, right? Yeah, hunter yeah. prep. I mean, same, but for hunting that you do. That's and a big deal, yeah. That's another thing that I have trouble with. Or and when I say that, like Patrick was the same way is, is you know, don't um, don't mess with man's paycheck, right? And, and so for like, I would never... When I say never, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast, but like I first thing I did is, hey, I'm starting a school. Mm-hmm. I'm sending all the fucking tactical guys your way, yeah. right? And when yeah, this yeah. kicks off, because I, yeah, I can bring in instructors that could do it, but we're friends, and I'm just not gonna not say yeah. it screw you, but I'm not gonna screw you. Yeah, but it'd be like if you started a, like a crazy hunting, you know, I didn't camp. think about you. Yeah, exactly. At least mention it. And so, um, like right now we're working on, you know, we're bringing all of the sewing back in house in the new facility. We're going to start, we're going to call it the schoolhouse and it's just going to be, you know, land nav, you know, archery tuning, you know, things like that. Some survival, but more like applied survival or, you know, people kind of get, I, like if, if I'm down to you know, building a wicker basket to survive. I've, I've fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah. Like shit's yeah. going south. If you're building a log cabin in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Something's yeah. gone terrible. Something's, I don't yeah. mess with that, but it's like, Hey man, you know, you're on the side of a mountain and you're cold. Here's good fire starters, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, you got to generate some heat to get in, you know, so you get your sleeping bag to warm it up, like just common sense stuff. Uh, that's what, what we're going to start working on there because it, one, it's my strong point, right? It's my special, that's what I'm good at. And I try to stay in my lane and two, I can just hand them off to you yeah. when it's, you know, more than that. So it's expanding. Like I said, though, um, it's been a learning experience for me with moving the company, the larger facility and, and everything else. And, and honestly too, like we talked about just dealing with, dealing with the toxicity of, social media and some of the other stuff as we're growing it's and you've dealt it with it just as much as I have if not worse trying to deal with that am I making the right decision I've talked to Chad I'm like dude maybe I'm not the right guy yeah to run this company maybe I just need to go do my thing hunting because you know I'm not you know I I, I was I was not built for this specific um what's the word uh this time, place, and space in life was not meant for me, right? Or fucking you. I think a lot of guys yeah. in our peer group feel the same way. Well, let's talk before we get into that. Let's actually talk about the move because you guys, when I first met you, were in Colorado, right outside of Denver, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, you guys moved into Wyoming. Why the move, and where did you guys move, and what was the what was the purpose of that? Uh, well, one, Colorado is starting to suck right it's like moving to portland oregon dude Cor- um, colorado when i visited you i lived in colorado and yeah. in, in durango i lived in monument mm-hmm. colorado was amazing yep now in a castle rock beautiful now it's like i don't even recognize the place it, it's difficult for you know for me because i i would i got stationed in fort carson yeah in 2000 2000 I think. great I, duty I, station yeah. Yeah. yep yeah i mean i asked for it, right it was like fort lewis and in carson um and i i ended up getting out of the army in carson and you know traveled the world a little you know when you're poor and you want to hunt everywhere and you can't travel to it you got to move there right yeah so I, I moved all around to hunt all over the place anyway when i um kind of I got a divorce and was like, where do I want? I want to go back to Colorado, move, move to, you know, Fort or move to Colorado. Cause of my experience or time at Fort Carson, um, it was amazing back then, right. Moved back in 07, 08 timeframe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd kind of traveled the world some, I got back there and then 
it just kind of started to just go down. You know, Hill and some people are like, oh, yeah, once the weed came, that that screwed everything. I don't really I, that's not I don't think that's true. Right. Either. It was the population. A lot of people came. And and what what that population brought. brought right. Yeah. But as far as like, dude, I've never heard of a kid getting beaten because his dad was smoking weed. Right. I've heard of yeah. him drinking. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't get like like I'm not blaming it on that. But when when most of Colorado was California or whatever, then those views spread and i'm like we we need to get out of here and i didn't want to leave patrick far before we looked at buying kafaru right when i was just working for patrick i was just like man i don't i don't know about what 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 but once covid hit especially like yeah. you know i called somebody ma'am i'm getting yelled at for not using well, i assumed she was a woman and the next thing you know i don't have a mask on and some like 300 pound lady screaming at me that i'm not masked up and i'm like you know I don't run into this shit out in the sticks, right? This is yeah. just not for me. And so we looked here to be by you. That's right, um, yeah. Yep, we looked here. We looked in Idaho, a couple spots in Colorado. And it's then expensive here, though. That's, that's one of the things. It's super expensive. That's the only reason why we didn't move here. Yeah. Because um, I'm all about not building an army, but like building, you know, a big, good, solid hub, a family, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And the only problem here is like getting be able to, my, my, my people to afford living here. Yes. Um, but we looked here and then... The Riverton, Chad owned a business in Riverton, kind of had like a black eye, the like that city. Yeah. I don't know. I looked, I didn't, it's fine with me, you know? And I, I was like, well, we found a building that was like 60, I think it was 58 or 68,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Um, at, at a good price. Yeah. Um, Riverton, so, Wyoming. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at that point, and once we got done kind of, I flew my crew out here. They came out and met you, like yep. my, my, my department heads and- they all loved it. They were like, "We're gonna live in a porta potty," and I was like, "Yeah, no, I, I get it. You know, it's so. true." The median, just so you guys know, the median house in Park City is two point two million. Oh, it's you, insane! It's it's a million dollars for a four hundred square foot like hole in Park City. Yeah, no, we when when we looked in Riverton. So my wife and I did a custom home. Yeah, on I think it's sixteen. Don't be lie, but 16 acres. That's perfect. Custom. Yeah. 560 grand, everything. Oh right? my gosh. And then, like, uh, you don't want to know I paid for this house. Oh, dude, I believe you. I mean, <laughs> but my wife's a realtor. She looked, right? She's oh, licensed my God. here. And so, you know, I was able to get almost every one of my crew to purchase a house that they could not have done in Colorado or here. Yeah, that's great. So, but yeah, that's why Riverton was just, you know, no state, no sales tax. Hunting's amazing. You people are good. You know, as far as like everybody's waving. Um, yeah. they, like my wife, when she first got there, she's like, do you know that guy? I'm like, no, they just wave here. They just wait. And <laughs> they're just friendly. Yeah, exactly. Like, I pull over. I'm taking photos of sheep and, uh, you know, whatever. You all right? I'm like, no, I'm good. You sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm just taking photos of sheep. And then the guy's like, hey, you know what? And telling me his whole life story of, yeah, she's not. She's And she's Italian, right? She's like, she's, something's going on. Yeah, somebody pulls up. She's like, what's this fucking guy? I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're in a different place here, honey. But, uh, but yeah, that's why Wyoming. That's why we ended up moving I love there, Wyoming, so. man. Wyoming's, uh, Evanston's like an hour from here. And some of my, some of the best hunting I've ever done is in northern uh, Utah and in Wyoming. I just got back from an elk hunt um, in Gillette, Wyoming, which yeah. is bum f in, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but uh, Wyoming's a great state. I, I mean, Wyoming's a horrible state. Never yeah, moved yeah. to Wyoming. <laughs> oh, dude, there's been some locals that have been like, "You're going to screw this, you know, up for us." And wow. I'm like, you know, and I don't get too. 
you know, Twitter paid actually the guy that built, I have a uh, two great Pyrenees big, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge pin for him. Um, yeah. you know, like six foot fence, and, big sheep dogs. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted him to have a ton of space when I wasn't home to, you know, throw yeah. him out there. And, uh, the guy building the fence and I, I did get irritated. He was like, you know, I'm glad your company moved here. You're going to screw it up for all the locals been living here. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm an old man. I was like, honestly, I'm just trying to bring jobs to the community and, you know, you know, make the community better. Well, you know, it's going to screw up property taxes. And I'm like, you know, that's one way to look at it if you're negative. I was like, you know, the other part of it is your home is going to be worth more. Yeah. You know, so you have a job, like yeah. more job options. And uh, I, he said one other thing. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I said, I tell you what, man, when any of your family, what was your last name again? I said, come and apply for me. I'm not going to hire him. Okay. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're an asshole. You know, my wife yeah. is laughing. I'm like, dude, I, I had you come build the fence. I give it, I'm, I'm giving yeah. you some work. And he was like, I'm just saying, uh, we don't want to turn this into California. I'm like, yeah, that's why we moved here. I don't either. I'm like, dude. A hunting company. Yeah. Well, I was like, you see my house. There's 23 D targets in the front yard, 40 in the back. I've got weapons everywhere. Do I look like I'm a, you know, Californian? And uh, he was like, no, no, I, I get it. I'm just saying. And I was like, yeah, I, I really don't honest, honestly get what you're saying. At but all. Most of the, like, I had two state cops pulling my driveway. And I'm like, I have no idea why they're here. This is not good. Yeah. And I'm like, looking at Amy, I'm like, I don't know. Honey, I didn't do anything wrong. I had nothing. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Yeah, no, they watched me on social media. Came up just to shoot the shit. Asked oh, could bring cool, their man. Over. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, come on over. And it was funny because um, when, they, when they pulled up, I like, Tons of people send me knives and everything else. Yeah. I use lighter weight knives and I had like two knives that just showed up that were like not for what I would do. And yeah. I was like, You guys want these? They're like, Wait, really? And I'm like, Yeah, they're more for oh, yeah. what you need. And they're like, Really? And I was like, Yeah, just don't give me and Amy a ticket. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I shouldn't even tell this story, but I'm going to. You have like, to now. Yeah. Um, may have been drinking driving home uh -huh. and uh, got pulled. I wasn't doing anything wrong but speeding. Yeah. I got pulled over and he came up and he was like, Hey, uh, you were speeding back there. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. And he was like, do you have a, you know, we had a, a get together at the shop and I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, have you been drinking? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have. He's like, all right, follow me. He just drove me home. Like, Oh man. Truck. Yeah. See, that's and, the good old, that's <laughs> like what it should be. Right. I, I think so. And when I say that, meaning I should not have been, and I wasn't like shit face, but I mean, I should not have been drinking and driving obviously, yeah. but like he was cool about it. He was like, when he got there, he's like, man, next time get it, you know, get somebody to drive you or whatever. Course, but he, yeah. like I would have passed any sobriety test. Yeah. But, you weren't wasted, but yeah. you told the truth. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah, man, I've been, I've been drinking. And you know, for me, that makes me want to help that community even more right like we're, we're trying to really you know bring you know like again get that the black eye that riverton had like get 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 away from that and what's funny my elk rack got stolen this year i don't know if you saw that like I no shot no a, no what happened shot a big bull i gave it to my buddy he's my videographer to uh to boil right yeah euro mount and it got stolen out of his yard and so immediately oh yeah that's what you get for living in rip ri like riverton right i'm like yeah look that was in Lander, where all the rich people live. He lives in Lander. It didn't get stolen. Like, people thought it was stolen out of my yard. I'm like, one, my driveway is, like, half a click. Yeah. I got two giant polar bears. You got sector stakes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, nobody's coming <laughs> to my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, nobody. I was like, this is at my buddy's house in Lander, uh, where it got stolen, which is, like, the richer, whatever, city, right? Like, yeah. 15 miles from from Riverton. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like living up there, and I've had nothing but... I mean, other than my elk getting, elk getting stolen out of 
lander. I mean, as far yeah. as it goes, I can't. What's crazy, they stole up. your elk. Like, like in other places, they steal TVs, they steal yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah, no. they, they're still on antlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, it was a big, it was a big elk. Yeah. I mean, it was like 350. I mean, it was, it was the one I shot this year with South, my uh, buddy of mine. But, uh, I mean, to, it, it couldn't happen to a better person as far as like, I'm not a big trophy yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, of course I wanted it, but like, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it really, I was on another hunt and there was like this huge, uh, you know, everybody wanted to get the elk back for me. So there was like, like, I don't know, flyers and posts and I'm oh, like, yeah. you are handicapping my ability to find this thing. And I, so I called them, I'm like, pull it all down. They're like, it's too late now. And I'm like, look. I don't exactly like blend in, right? There is no <laughs> undercover with me. And I said, now that they know it's mine, if I go into an antler buyer, yeah, they're, I mean, I'm going to get kicked out, right? Like, uh, and then, you know, also once they realize obviously the platform I have, they're probably just cut it into dog treats. Oh, yeah. So I told yeah. them, I was like, the moment you posted that, that thing was in peace. It's gone. Yeah. You bury the body, right? <laughs> you got to get rid of the body. So, but, but yeah, that was the only really negative side. But no, it's been, it's been great up there. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. The dream was to sell enough premium coffee to be able to build a support network of veterans first responders, and law enforcement. Thanks to your support, all that dream has become a reality. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders here in the United States who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee right here in America. The coffee is truly one of a kind, but it's your support that gets the gear, funding, and supplies into the hands of those on our front lines. This year alone, your support has helped BRCC expand our team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. Black Rifle was also able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022, all thanks to you. You can purchase at blackriflecoffee.com. You can also find Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores near you. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. For decades, buying a silencer has been difficult. But in 2005, Silencer Central set out to simplify the suppressor buying process. So what happens when you buy from Silencer Central? Well, they help you find the right silencer for you, they handle the paperwork so you don't have to, and they give you a free NFA gun trust so you can share your suppressor. Silencer Central allows you to pay while you wait. They make sure your purchase is carefully prepped, packaged, and protected until the moment you're approved. Once approved, they deliver it straight to your door. So whether you're planning your next hunt or putting together a range day, you'll enjoy every shot you take with Silencer Central, straight to your front door. How many employees did you want to move in there? 23. Um, oh, awesome. I think. Uh, yeah, 22 or 3, we moved up. Um, and then we have, no, I'm not, that, 19, and we have 26 currently working for us. How far um, is that from here, from Heber City? Um, not far, man. Five. Oh, that's five easy. hours. Yeah. I mean, it was it's easy. Drive. I hit some snow, but it's six hours now with yeah. the snow, but, um, no, it's pretty, it's close. And, uh, we, you know, we're, man, we're bringing all the sewing back in house. So we'll have a hundred inside of a year. Um, mm. when I say all of it, like we, we sew some stuff in house, but like we, you saw the size of the old building, right? Yeah. So, massive. Yeah. And now this one's three plus times the size of the old building. Oh, my god! And gosh. so we're, you know, we had to outsource some things. I mean, in the U.S. Uh, with very compliant, you know, sewers or whatever, we want it all, you know, back in-house. So that way, like, if you need something sewn, 
Yeah. Yeah, we just sew it for you, right? Like we have a, an entire workforce of just sewers. We can do yeah. custom and everything else. So that's um, awesome, man. Yeah, you yeah. got. I, I've always known Kafaro. Like I've I've used all the bags. Glenn Eberl, uh from Eberl Stock is a buddy of ours. He he helped me and Kevin Owens when we were snipers in 06. We didn't have anything, and this guy was sending us bags to bag out our our long guns. And uh, I always have known Kafaru to stand out is kind of like the rugged tier one um, backcountry pack versus everybody else's pack. Like I've used, I used all of them, but Kafaru had the integration of carrying the rifle out, out of the scabbard, having access to it, and then being able to hump a lot of weight. I remember even having the meet with Pat and he was talking about the the frame systems that you have integrated into the packs, which I believe is your own IP, right? You you yeah. guys own a lot of that intellectual property. Uh, uh, well, it's starting to run out now, so I've got a new frame I'm working on, kind of carrying on that. But you know, it's 19 years. Uh, oh wow! You know, and it's it's out, right? So like yeah. like Glenn and I like Glenn and I like Everly Stock. Like yeah. his rifle thing, it ran out. Yeah, yeah. So and that was now his, everybody's bagging the guns. Oh yeah, yeah, that was his claim to fame. I mean, that yeah. was and I'm not saying I from mean, the biathlon that, days. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, yeah. people don't even know this. Yeah, you know, he's a competitor, but Everly stock was from his uh, days of doing the ski shooting, yeah. and yeah. he made a stock. He yeah. he, he had a, a a patent on a, on an actual stock for a rifle for that, and then he came up with that yeah. system that could go down his back. Which I mean, really. I mean, it's hard to get into the backpacking world. You know, the one thing with with Glenn is is he, I mean, it's pretty pretty genius, right? I mean, he, yeah, he's a smart dude. Yeah, man. Ex- talking and, to that guy, I'm like, okay, you are smart. Well, what's funny if you look at patents, if you read the umbrella of that patent, yeah, you can tell Glenn wrote it. Oh yeah. Oh dude, it's like literally reading "Gone in the Wind." Or with the wind. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm like. Yeah, anything really attaches to a, a gun that attaches to a pack. <laughs> I he, own it. He covered it. Yeah. So because we came out with something that. Um, we, you know, we were trying to do, and I wasn't trying to copy Glenn, but 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 we got a letter from a lawyer, right? And I, I called Glenn, and I was like, "Look, man, I, I'm not trying to copy your stuff." And I was like, "But you know, we we're trying to do a different system." And he was cool about it. He yeah. was like, "Yeah, I'm still going to take you to court." And I'm like, "I get it. Yep, yeah, we're good." Yeah. I'm like, "I'll stop." And but and 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 Glenn, like Glenn's an amazing guy. But the thing was, is he had umbrellaed that patent so big. Yeah. Like literally, if you put Velcro on a gun and stuck it to a pack, <laughs> he he owned it. But but no, he's he's done a great job too with with his stuff. Yeah. But we did like we have the gun bear where you can hold it on the side. Um, you know, we have like different systems where you can carry. Like now, it doesn't matter because you know Patrick got really big during the Iraq War, where yeah, thousand D Cordura in tanks, right? And then yeah. fast forward now. Nobody wanted thousand D. Everything's got to be lightweight. lightweight yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we had to kind of alter. But you know, we've done some custom stuff for um, like Ground Branch, and you know, we 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 because we can build in house. Yeah, and it's very compliant, right? Yeah, very compliant. Yeah. We had a crew come in once, and they were like, uh, they you know they they laid out the weapons, and we have a Eric Bender, very smart, like brainiac guy, our designer. And they're like, you know, it, it's going to need to look like it holds a, a tennis racket and balls. And I'm like. Yep. Motherfucker, you're missing a finger. <laughs> I don't think you're going to, you know, be able to like, you know, look like a tennis player. But like, so we built this crazy system for them. And uh, the, the thing is, that's that's cool or not cool. Um, they know we will not take advantage of the promotion of that. And, yes. and that was one of the reasons we got some of that business. And, you know, some of the reasons I do with the military training I do now was, 
you know, I didn't go hashtag work with Ground Branch, right? I was yes. just cool to have them come out. And then we worked with, uh, we, we've built quite a few packs for like um, the uh, SAS, uh, yeah, Australian yeah. SAS yeah. specifically. Great I had dudes, to yeah. prep my shop for the C word because they use it a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, look, to them, it's like us saying, you know, shit. And I was like, they 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 use the c word a lot okay yeah. so don't don't feel bad rhymes with I, sunt yeah exactly yeah. and i've got like seven hugh jackman shredded like in the it was cool <laughs> but they've flown over doing winter training and we've you know worked with them some too it's which is super cool um i mean it it, it um it, it's always good if you can help you know groups organizations or whatever you want to you know military like that hang out with them yeah right and then you learn you know they tell stories and whatever it's more of a like you said break bread yes rather than they just place an order we send it out it's yeah. way cooler when you they're going to be smaller orders but the quality of the people and what you know that's going to support yeah is huge man mm -hmm. I, I i uh i wanted to talk to you about the toxicity of the hunting industry first because um look the hunting industry is a weird one i you know when I, I don't think the hunting industry was very popular in popular culture until certain guys got involved. Like Steve Rinello is a big one, right? When Steve um, had an investor come in and, and then that started to evolve the business, his books, um, his Netflix series, all of these things going on the, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. started blowing up. And that's when I saw some real positive light shown on hunting. But with that positive light came the trolls, right? Came a whole bunch of toxic drama. And you've been in the hunting industry for a long time, and you've done it. You know, it's weird. I, I say you've done it. I want to say you've done it for real. But somebody like myself, who's an am, I would consider myself an amateur backcountry hunter. When I backcountry hunted in Idaho and Sawtooth, it was one of the most hard, most difficult things I've ever done. Yeah. It, it, it equated to the most difficult military training that I've done in special operations. And there was no exaggeration. Now, you could have guided hunts that are catering to, to you. But if you actually want to go into the backcountry and hunt, it's hard. And not a lot of people, like you said, do that. You've dealt with the toxic stuff recently. What is the shift that you've seen in the culture because this is something me and you wouldn't have a conversation of, about 10 years ago not even three years ago but now it seems like every person in every major industry tactical overlanding all the industries we cover there's all this infighting and drama and just bs you're starting to see it now what is going on yeah i don't you know yeah i would need a shrink to come in to probably like describe it better but <laughs> It's weird to me because when you um, you have a community that's at jeopardy to begin with, right? I mean, hunting's yeah. at risk. Um, yeah, the two-way community in jeopardy, hunting in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, and I, when I I don't think people realize how how much. Yeah, and so in in the for me, I'm always like strength in numbers to a certain degree. So that was my view for a while. But if some of those numbers, you know, there's few, you know, you don't want people, you know, shooting holes in the bottom of the boat. Well, one of it's going to be jealousy, and I will say 100% on my end, and I've been very candid about this, Cameron Haynes, who's one of the more, or if not the most well-known. Yeah, you know, for sure. Rewind 10 years, you know, I would talk shit about Cam. Um, it was jealousy, and I don't have any issue 
saying that now I look, you know, fucking dude's a stud. Yeah. Was um, it immaturity or? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Fucking, you name it, right? Yeah, like whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think part of being able to say that means you've learned a, quite a bit in your own, I'm gonna say journey, but journey, like you've grown up. You've grown right? up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, you know, at, at 30, 35, you know, when I'm looking at someone like a cam and I'm like, I shoot as big a stuff as him. I backpack hunt. I'm, you know, whatever. You don't realize it at the time, but you're really putting forth effort into whining about someone doing things that maybe you can or cannot do. But, but the reality is if you just shut up focus, and do it, do it. Yeah. Which is what I got smart and just did. I'm like, I, I, I'll just do my thing. Yeah. Well, when you have different people, that toxicity, you have hate pages, right? You have shills, you have all this stuff. I just think that as the, I want to say internet, the social media, as it grows, you're going to have certain people grow that are legit, right? Like, like good people. And then you're going to have people that, that are wanting to learn from the legit people. Let's say that's 80%. Yeah. Let's say 10% of that's hate pages and the other 10% is just trolls, you know, eating pizza pockets in their mom's basement. Yeah. Which are delicious, by the way. They are very, very good. <laughs> I will say that. I could crush um, one right now. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> can we make one? No. Um, it, when, you, when, you, uh, when, you, when you look at it that way, that, bat, that 10 to 20%, it shines, it stands out more yeah. than, it's like a review. You can have 100 good reviews and one bad one. And everybody pays attention to the bad. The bad one. Yeah. So yeah. when you have, and I, you know, just talking to you about this and, you know, some other people like you have, you know, whatever, 75 really good messages in one day and you've get one to two bad ones. You focus on those bad ones. Well, now a lot of this toxicity is probably not as bad as we think, but it certainly could be. Yeah. So what's happened? You have more jealous people that, you know, social media has grown. And when I say not just jealous people, but also, um, you know, jealous at someone else, but literally just like, like psychologically have issues. I yeah. mean, think about it to start a hate page. Yeah. What kind of, of a, of a human are you to start one of those? Yeah. I mean, like get a job, like you don't have a job, you don't have kids, you don't have a spouse. Like how do you find recreational time to start something so distasteful and gross? Like, I don't get that. Well, and, and, and I, you know, trying to look at it from different perspectives of let's say they're like, Hey, we want to get some of the more fake people, you know, bring them to light. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can understand the concept. But if you're a hate page, you're already losing like a ton of of ground or or whatever. So it's like, well, why don't you like 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 mentor like we talked about, like try to teach people the right well, my version of the right way, your version of the right way, you know, the right way to get into the industry rather than just posting like jacked up memes and hatred. And yes, I'm just not built that way. You know yeah, what I'm I mean? Not either. Just, it doesn't even cross my mind. No, I mean I see goofed up stuff that I may think, ah, dude, you're kind of an idiot. Yeah. But you don't post it, right? Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. put that online. And so part of the problem, um, and I think you and anybody in our age demographic is, you, you can't, there's no consequence. That is the number one problem. There's no consequence. Yes. Um, so if I, if I signed up under a whatever account tonight, a fake account tonight, and start talking crap about you, yeah, there's nothing you can, you can't yeah. stop me. Yeah. Yeah, and... Let's say, you know, as I, that grows and I, I and, and I'm talking about crap about you. Now I'm, I'm talking crap about um, Andy Stump and yeah. Evan or Matt Best. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm sucking away 1% of your time, I'm winning. 
You're right? winning. I'm yeah, winning one percent, sure. and I can tell you in the last few days I'm losing. Right? I yeah. I had to call you to talk me yeah. off the ledge. You and Eddie, right? Yeah. I was like, because um, their life is only there. Like where you and I consider victory or success is by employ like empowering other people, bringing up people around us, making your company succeed. Yeah, their success is bringing you down. Yes, getting attention. And so when you know when you ask what went on, that's what's going on is there are people out there to me that are just that that is rather than succeeding in life, their goal is to bring down people that are. Yeah. And it just they want to burn everybody around them to make themselves stand out versus our tactic, which is if we build everybody around us, we grow together. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. it's it's uh it's something that I've seen more and more of in every industry. Which is one of the reasons I've gotten out of the tactical industry. I mean, I, I pioneered in, in a lot of ways preparedness. I mean, there are a few companies, uh, um, Warrior Poet Society, John Lovell, um, Mike Pfeiffer, Last Line of Defense, who have really pioneered um, survival and preparedness. Uh, Sheepdog Response, Tim Kennedy. And and our, my focus is more focused on mobility and overlanding to yeah. teach preparedness than it is tactical training because – what I've seen in the mostly in the two A community is just this infighting. Like I, I have, you know, I, I'm hosting the Black Rifle Coffee podcast, and people attack Black Rifle Coffee because they think there's some conspiracy with the Democratic Party. It's like I, I Evan Hafer recruited me for the agency. He vetted me, yeah. and he's a Green Beret, and he's killed a lot of bad guys, and. He's a good friend of mine. Like I know at the core who that human being is, and he loves guns and freedom more than any American I know. And so you could believe me, a man who knows him because I worked with him, he's vetted me, or you could believe a troll running his mouth on social media about no something he knows nothing about. And so I imagine a lot of people who are talking to you as an expert in backcountry hunting don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, and I mean, whether it be the subject matter at hand or me as a person, right? Yeah. And, and so it, it, it's weird because when you, um, man, and not to whatever, hold hands and like kumbaya, but like truly when you build people up around you, there's no, I've never seen anything negative come around that. Nothing. Unless you get, when I say that, meaning there are people I've built up around me that have turned. And when yes. I say turned, I've made yeah. bad decisions on, and I know it's happened to you. Yeah. I've made bad decisions on maybe, you know, people I've chosen to, to work with or help out. So, and it's weird when you look at that, like what, why did you choose the person you did? Why did I choose the person I did? And what happened with them? I tell you what happened is the toxicity of, of social media and getting a big head. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I say that, and I'm sure we're going to hear hatred about this, but when you get to a point where you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want on social media, there's no repercussions. And when you're physically threatened, like, hey, man, shut up and beat your ass. You say, well, I'll just call the cops. You know, that is a weird, um, that is not how I was raised, right? And so for me, as a man. That's not how you handle things. As, no, as either one. You and I are going to fight if that happens, yeah. or you'll shoot me or we'll beat each other with baseball bats. But something is going to get settled, and at the end of it, we're like, dude, all right, you're right. You I, got we, that you know, out. Yeah, yeah, we got it out of the way. It doesn't work like that anymore. And yeah. social media makes it much, much worse. Mike Tyson was right. I mean, it has given in the in any. I mean, tactical photography, dude. Photography might be worse than tactical or hunting. 
And I, <laughs> yeah, it, I know, right? Yeah, a bunch of little dorks yelling at each other, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and I hope, like, long term, what will happen is people like you or me or Andy or Eddie or these guys is we actually um, leave the norm, start our own, like, specific websites where we there's a like a intergalactic hub like you can go from my site to yours or or whoever that gets away from social media to a certain degree so we are in control of whatever negativity or positivity is on there yeah because like it it, it when you there's nothing worse than the anonymity of being a dick right like yeah no name, right? No, no info. I don't know your background, and you're on yeah. there talking about Mike. Or, Zero or, followers. Yeah, hiding yeah. behind. Yeah, and what I've noticed about that is, you know, I have for, like you, you know, former employees who've worked for me who I've gone out of my way. I mean, personally, like, like not just professionally, but personally, gone out of my way to support these guys. And these guys have turned around and they use social media as a weapon. Uh, they've weaponized social media against my company or against myself. And I think to myself, like, man, I, all the things that I know about these specific people, the evidence that I have, literal physical evidence I have of these human beings and their disgusting behavior, and I could just drop it. I could literally I could literally start accounts, blow them up with memes, blow them up with evidence, with videos, with imagery. But I would never do that because it's not the person that I am. But there are people in this well, world that's now. That's because you're a man, Mike. Yeah, yeah. well, I know it's crazy. It's crazy. And, I, and now I see these guys, especially like Aaron Snyder is like a, a six foot one, 225 pound jacked ass dude who will beat your ass. And, and I see guys like you and Tim Kennedy. Like Tim Kennedy, I was Tim Kennedy's sergeant major. And I was scared shitless of this dude because I'm a jujitsu practitioner, and I knew if this dude touched me, yep. he would pretzel roll me because yeah, he's. I'm, I'm scared of Tim, dude. He <laughs> would like Tim. Tim, I'm like ten inches taller than Tim, but he's a silverback gorilla who will pretzel roll you in half. Andy Stumpf, who probably a year ago I could beat his ass. Now Andy Stumpf, I'm like I need to I need to go back in time and start training because Andy Stumpf's gonna beat my ass. Um. These guys are guys you don't want to have confrontations with. And I see these guys who virtue signal, who talk the crap, and they can get away with it on social media, but they would never say it to your face. And I think that's the nature and progressive path of this world we live in. It's fragility. It's it's weak society. It's weak men. What's the fix? Where do we go from here? Like, do we get behind paywalls? Do we insulate ourselves? Man, I think paywalls is one, and obviously, like um, in the hunting community, I'm I've kind to kind of um, like like I'm out on an, not an island, but somewhat. Yeah, like I've done my own thing, right? And yeah. so you've always I, been I, that guy to do your yeah. own thing and yeah, and just focus on the task, which is backcountry hunting. Yeah, yeah, and I think, but like paywalls, like you know, uh, pay to play, not a, like a large amount, because when you when, when you are able to, it's, it's no different putting in for tags. Like this tag for this mule deer area, it's 100% guaranteed if you send in for the tag. Yeah. Yeah, that kills a ton of people out of it right there. Yeah. You know, so the pay to play thing, I think, is a good idea. I also think like, you know, owning your own. Um, your own little, you know, your city or your own organization, right? Platforms, to, apps. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Because. I really, I like teaching. I want to, for people to, that, you know, the, the things I've experienced in life, be able to, to pass that on. I think that's going to be the fix, man. And when I say that, like podcasts, 
Yeah. Easy, right? Long form contextual yeah. content. Yeah, and I you know, and and then I think some of some of the things I think would be interesting is getting some of these chuckleheads on a podcast. Like, hey, let's discuss this. Like, where are you coming from with this? Um and Yeah, not a 10 minute live, but like an hour long conversation, right? Oh, yeah, because when when you look at um Oh, I did one with uh, Matt Ranello, Steve's brother. Yeah. And he's like totally, it, it was awkward, but yeah. good podcast. What that podcast did, he's not like Steve. Um, oh, he doesn't like Steve? No, no, oh. no. He doesn't like me either. Really? Um, but w- what that podcast showed is two people with very parallel or uh, um, opposite ends of uh, perspectives can have a diplomatic, full-grown adult conversation and walk away friends, right? Wow. Like, and, you know, he... Is that on your Kafaro podcast? It's on his oh, okay. um, podcast, and uh, which isn't very good because he's the way he... <laughs> great, great idea, horrible delivery, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, I didn't mind talking to him about it. And, and, and when people, like we were talking about the, um, you know, the physical, hey, I'll, I'll kick your ass. And then, you know, guy like the, nowadays is um, they'll hide, you know, I'll call the police. And when you look at, try to frame this. Someone like you is never going to pick on someone weaker than you. Yeah. Okay. And so someone weaker than you that wants to have a uh, debate or a conversation with you is going to handle it like an adult. Yeah. Right. They're not going to go up and poke on your chest. They're not going to make memes about you. Yeah. No, they're going to come up and be, Hey Mike, I want to talk about this. Right. That intermediate, intermediate demographic is, is the ones that, um, try to stir up as much crap as they can. And then when you confront them verbally or physically, they I'll call the police or whatever. Right. And so what I'm getting at here is like, I think that as time goes on, when you are able to have pay to play, when you're able to podcast, you know, whatever. And then as that, their platform weakens, right? Like they, their following goes down because of this. That might be a point to where you could really get more to the root of the problem of like, hey, why did you start a hate page? Like, it, does that make any sense? Um, probably not that much because when someone's power is their hate page and then you start your own page, meaning on your website, their hate page lost a lot of traction. Right? Yeah. It, 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 it seems to me um, if I started tomorrow on the Kafaru website, all my tech, t- my tech tips, info, everything – and I got off of Instagram tomorrow and said, hey, come here. My my life will be a lot less stressful. Yeah. I don't have to worry about hate pages. It yeah. won't grow as much, right? But I'm getting I'm I'm losing all the negativity. Yes. If you did that tomorrow and your your following's bigger than mine, what do you gain from that? If you if you shut down Instagram tomorrow. Yeah. What what, what would you gain? Just a peace of mind, but Mental, yeah, yeah. You you gain like mental happiness and yes. lose you lose business. Yeah, right. I think at some point in time in the next three to five years, one to three, I think those things are going to probably intersect to where social media is going to be uh, at a point to where I think people are looking for you starting your own page. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I think. I anyway. think people. I think people right now are looking for that because I think. I think people are burned out, man. I think people are exhausted from yeah. all the drama. I mean, I, you look on every – there's not one topic, even optimistic and very clear-cut cases of content that you can't really debate. People will turn into their own debate. They'll turn into their own argument, their own position and platform 
to deplatform, to gaslight, to do whatever it is. And you're like, this guys, this wasn't a controversial topic. Yeah. Like, like I said, I like EDC everyday carry every day. And you guys are turning this into like some controversy when, when, when you can't even get a point or educational piece up, uh, across because of the nature of the algorithm. Cause it's funny. It's like, we talk about this, but you should know if you're an intelligent human being, the people who are being uh, subjugated to this aren't the bad guys. It's the trolls because the trolls are actually being manipulated by the algorithm. I mean, human beings are so damn sensitive and so damn fragile. And when I go to people and I have reasonable conversations and I'm like, so you went off the hinge there. Like what happened? And like, I don't even know, man. I was like, everything was cool. And then I got upset. You're, it's because the damn algorithm that has billions of dollars invest, trillions of dollars invested, is literally leading you to the conclusion that you need more drama, more emotion, more anger. And it's like, I got enough anger in my life, in my heart. I don't need any of that from a social media platform. Well, well uh, I'll bring up a, a good example while we're on you know, this podcast. is uh, Recently, I did a Q&A. And mm-hmm. in that q and I bet there was probably... I don't know if you've ever seen mine, but it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. We're talking like 5,000 questions. Oh, wow. And um, I probably answer, fi- answer 500 of them. Yeah. Out of those 500 I answered, that I or, or I got, I, get, I bet 30 to 50 were related to Black Rifle Coffee. What about this Democratic way? And I'm like, man, you, you need it. One of the ones I answered, I said, I need more context because I've heard multiple versions of this story. I know the actual truth to every one of them. Yeah. One of them was Evan lost a bet in a shooting competition and had it was 500 bucks, not 50,000, not some yeah. of this bullshit I heard. It would be like, hey, Mike, if I kick your ass in arm wrestling, you've got to donate money to, I don't know, pick some shit I'd make funny over. You got yes. you know, Evan lost that bet and it was 500 bucks to Obama yeah. campaign. That's the one thing I know is true. That's one yeah. story where the other one was Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. I wouldn't really call her a Democrat, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm literally answering all of these and, and like with what you just talked about is like, Jesus, people like do your research. Like, look, like Tulsi Gabbard's a fucking animal. Like, she's she's awesome. a beast. Oh, yeah. Lieutenant Colonel Reserve. She just interviewed me filling in on Fox News for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> like, like, I mean, she left the the she disaffected from the toxic uh, Democratic Party and literally said that out loud and announced it. But somehow, because you're the, the the worst one, I don't know if you heard about this. The worst one was um, um, there's employees of Black Rifle Coffee who have donated to the Democratic Party. And I'm like, OK, there's 2000 employees. I have 50 employees, 25 that are full time, 25 that are subcontracted. And I can't ask them legally what their political affiliation yeah. is. You have 2000 employees that work for you and you find employees that work that donate to the Democratic Party. That is half of the country voted Democrat yeah. this last election. And I, when I, th- this guy who said this, he's like, yeah, screw Black Rifle Coffee. I literally looked on his page, and he has a Jeep page. And I'm like, okay, Dodge Chrysler. Have you looked into how many employees from Dodge and Chrysler are uh, donating to the Democratic Party? If you haven't, then shame on you. And if you have... You would be burning your Jeep down to the ground in your driveway, according to your own 
uh, outrage. Yeah. Like, Yo, what the hell are we talking about here? And, and whether it be the hunting community or what we're talking, I mean, all of it, like, um, and, I mean, let's face it, right? Like, it's free country, right? We're in the United States, so it's what... You, Vote Democrat. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, whatever. do you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I have three employees I know right now voted Democrat. Yeah. Awesome employees, good people. Yeah. Now, it, do I, it, you know, do their views parallel? My, no, fuck no. Yeah. But they're good people, right? Yeah. And so I'm not going to go out there and, like, fire them because they voted Democrat. Like, yeah. that's not my Because they have view. a job to do. Yeah, yeah, they do their job. And they're American people. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so <laughs> talking about they're communists or yeah, it's, dude, it's just, it's strange. I mean, in, in like I said, hunting, uh, photography, tactical, it's all the same. But I I think what's going to happen, and I I was kind of going off in a tangent earlier. Let's rewind. Long time ago, tactical or hunting magazines. So all you had, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, whether it's Soldier of Fortune, yeah. whatever. Then you had forums. Right. Yeah. Tactical yeah. forums and like uh, field craft forums and hunting forums. And then podcasts got big. Uh, you know, forums kind of went to the wayside and then podcasts got huge. They blew up. Yeah. Yep. And then YouTube kind of stayed in there the entire way. Um, and in social media, right? Right after, you know, forums, social media and podcasts, first social, then, then podcasts got big. So I think the podcast thing, because there's no, it's just, it's like listen to a book. Yeah, right? one-way communication. I don't think that's going anywhere for the good ones, yeah. right? I think um, social media for hunting, tactical, anything like that, I would bet in the next three to five years it's going to go to key, I don't want to call them influencers, key people, personnel that are getting out good info are going to get tired of the shit like you and I are, start their own drop-down website, you know, you know, portion to like right now, do I want to get, do I want to ask Mike and your crew of what pistol to carry or what pistol my wife should get for home de defense? Mm -hmm. If I ask you and your crew, you're going to tell me mm -hmm. normal. Yeah. If I post that on something publicly. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Mike's get ready for it. Yeah. He want a P3, 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 Yeah. Yo, that's horrible. I'm a corporate chill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and what? so. I mean, it, 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 that that's where I think really, like, whether it be hunting or tactical or anything, it's going to start, it's going to evolve. And yeah. I think it's going to evolve out of social media. Yeah, I, I think the advice I was giving you is, you know, I, like, I moved to Patreon. And, you know, I got a thousand Patreon members who follow me. And uh, the people who have left my Patreon, we just did this survey, 90% of the people who leave my Patreon cite... Um, finances what you know whether it's you know recession related uh, the the current state of the economy but most we do we do 40% more content on my patreon than 40% of all pages on patreon like we 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 go more. above and beyond yeah. to provide that value you know how many comments i get negative on patreon zero big fat zero big fat goose egg um we are moving, we're on locals now, but we're planning on migrating to our own application because we want a free side of it and we want a paid side of it where if you're on that platform, it's because you want to receive the information and education. I've spent a decade like you putting shit out for free. And when I told Aaron, I'm like, brother, you don't owe anybody shit. Yeah. You have been doing what you do as a subject matter expert expressing all of this value 
for absolutely no cost to anybody. You haven't asked for shit. And philanthropically, you've been helping everybody out and you still get attacked. It's almost the nature of the, the generation that's up and coming. And I'm fucking done with it. I mean, it's one, one of the reasons I've moved to podcast. Um, I'm doing long form communication through YouTube. I'm fucking done with it. I, Instagram as a platform to me is completely gone. I mean, they, they've lost. I mean, Facebook banned me because they're so suppressive. They think if you can or jar and you prepare, you're a, you're an extremist. But I'm I'm fucking done with Instagram completely. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. And in in there's one like specific event that happened recently. But like like you know, big picture, um, if my main goal is just to teach, yeah, right. That because yeah. again, I'm not in it for the you know, greater good of the glory of Aaron Snyder, right? I'm trying to get the fuck out of this and hide from the world, right? If it's just to teach, show people, you know, Kafaru helped the company. I I don't want to, if I can do that without getting on Instagram and and the, the, the negative side of things, then... That is the 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 route I'm going now. I may still keep a Instagram page. Yeah, I'm just you know now you'll use it to drive traffic. You don't need to yeah be there for the friggin' thread war. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. And I think too that when you you know you talked about like this demographic, you and I. How old are you now? Uh, forty three. Yeah, we're about the same age. Yeah. Um, for someone to say something to the effect of like, "Hey, I'm not afraid of you, Mike, but if you touch me, I'm going to call the police." You and I aren't used to that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you I would punch myself in the face before I said that out loud. Well, you're a coward, right? I mean, that's just a cowardly thing. And now, now, now to say, like, there's not, there's tons of people that can kick the shit out of you and me, right? Most of the alpha male type mentalities, like, I could have a problem with Tim Kennedy and I would have no issue, be like, hey, man, let's talk about this. Yeah. But if I'm talking about Tim negatively, saying Tim's a piece of crap, Tim's this, whatever, by default in my era, Tim has like the green light to kick yeah. shit out of me. Be prepared for the consequences. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. Because there's no consequence. Yeah. There's no consequence. And I think that, and again, it's, you know, full circle, get off of Instagram, go to a place where you can learn, stay away from that. Because let's face it, when you run into those people, it's a totally different story at that point. You know what I mean? Like Eddie was talking about that earlier. If I run it, if you run into somebody that's been talking crap about you at a show, yeah, are they going to be the same person online when they're in front of you? No, no, hell they're, no. Yeah, they're, yeah. They and know so that. Wait, the one I was dealing with recently was like, hey, I, I have no issue standing up in front of you. I'm not afraid of you. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to call the police the moment anything goes physical. I'm not raised that way, right? I'm not. That was said out loud on a video. Oh my god. So and from Ed, a hater, from a hate. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was a guy that was a friend of mine at one point. Eddie was funny. He's like, well, dude, he already played his cards. How will you go to bed at night with your kid and say, I'm a man to your son or daughter? Like, yeah. yeah. But for you and I, or Eddie or people in that demographic, which hopefully this doesn't stir up any more crap, but makes people think about it. It is not in our mentality, our DNA, how we were raised. Like, like not to say there's not a ton of people that can't kick my ass or yours. Yeah. But we're not going to put ourselves in a position to verbally talk crap and then hide later, right? I mean, that's just not what you do. Yeah, we're willing to confront the circumstances based on our mouths. You know, we're willing to write that check, right? Yeah, Yeah. but but most are not. Yeah, no, and it's weird because, like, my my grandpa would have beaten me to death if I said— 
Um, I'm not afraid of you the moment you touched me. Um, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> My grandpa would have beat me to death for yeah. saying that. But I mean, that's it's it's coward like it's it's cowardly, right? Yeah. And now that doesn't mean and and this is the point I was trying to get across to some people messaging me is like, look, there is another way to handle that, right? Like like let's 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 talk about it. If I have a huge issue with you, talk about that issue. Yes. But, you know, and I get it like you're going to say things, you know, social media or whatever, but it's like if you're going to talk that much crap about Mike or Aaron, there are repercussions. When they are potentially physical and you say I'm not scared of you, but I'll call the police, that really defines how much things have changed in the last 10 years. Yeah. For me. Yeah. When you were on the playground, right? Like you didn't get, you know, back in the day and you did something that deserved a, a butt whooping, you got it where now it's not, it's not that way anymore. Yeah. It's like a, you might go to the metaverse and have a virtual, uh, standoff. As like, I understand it in the military <laughs> now, they have like, you don't get smoked anymore. Right? Oh no, like, yeah. no. They have the cards. Now they have apps. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the world where, like, that's that's the thing, right? It's what is it called? It's um, it's um, uh, the the ability to deal with confrontation, right? A lot of people cannot deal with confrontation. I, I tell the story where I've I've held I've shaken a guy's hand and did so firmly and made eye contact with him. He went to somebody else and said, "Hey, what's up with Mike, man? Like, what do you mean, like?" He's a good dude. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. something happened? He goes, I don't know, man. He, like, when he grabbed my hand, he, like, pulled me in, and he, like, grabbed my arm, and, like, he looked me in the eye. And he's like, yeah, he does that with everybody. Did he Did he tell you he was going to beat your ass or something? Like, no, no, no. He just shook my hand. He's like, well, so what's the problem? Well, he just seemed like he was aggressive. Like, what? Yeah, that's like, what weird. Like, what the hell is going on in this? Anyways, we it, digress. Yeah. I was going to say, we could get, talk about this all night. I think, though, if anybody listening in and you know i i wrote an article recently about back when i was your age basically talking crap about people telling me not to beat the crap out of myself physically yeah and i went ahead and did it anyway didn't listen to the older school i i think the one thing is treat people with respect yep until the point they don't deserve that right bring everyone up around you try to make everyone better around you be a good person right and so i mean like i literally tell people that constantly it's like hey I'm going to treat you with all of the respect you treat me. Until you're not a professional. And then I'm going to fuck you up. Yes. That's what's getting me in trouble now, though. It's like, yeah. you know, is is that specific portion of it is I've got to write letters. I can't, like, physically handle it anymore, and I have got to get better. You talked to me about it. Yeah. Eddie talked to me about it today. It was like, dude, think about it this way. That person has to go to bed at night knowing his kid knows, his wife knows he's a coward. Yeah. And sleep, sleep easy on your end, dude. Don't yeah, and he probably you. because he sounds insane is justifying it some way, but there's no doubt he's got a tuck back, taped, taped back. You yeah. know, he's, it's tucked and taped, and <laughs> and you know, and this doesn't have to do with machismo. It has everything to do with like virtue. You want to stand out there, you want to run your mouth, then be prepared. I I have the same rule. Your rule number one: be a professional, right? Um, DJ from GBRS says that a lot. Like, be a pro. If you want to be a professional, but you're doing memes about me, I won't even, I will never give you the respect that you think you deserve. I'll just never talk to you. It's so easy for me because back in the day when me and Aaron grew up, it was control, alt, delete. 
I'll control alt delete you out of my life. And I, that's why my circle is small. It's Aaron Snyder, Evan Haver, Andy Stump, Jack Carr, uh, Logan, uh, JT, Matt, all these guys, Jericho. I, I don't want to skip anybody there. I'm sorry. But all these guys are my inner circle. They are my best buds. We would do anything for each other. But you are the sum of the five people that you hang out with. If you hang out with five shitheads, then you're going to be a shithead because you're the sum of them. Yeah. So um, when it comes to that, man, well, dude, none of these dudes are worth your time either. Char Charlie Beckwith was right. Yeah. He said, "What I, I would rather what paddle up upstream with five studs than downstream with 100 shitheads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. My circle is getting smaller and smaller. My wife worries, right? Like, my wife's like, hey, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, look, my circle is like three people. Like, <laughs> and, and I was like, and I'm good with that. Like, yeah. I'm a loner anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I if anybody takes anything from this podcast, truly, like, treat people with respect, you know, build everyone up around you. And if you are willing to, to talk shit, there are repercussions for that and be prepared. You're like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If I said, Jesus, Mike, you're a horrible hunter. Gee, God, learn how to hunt elk. And you're like, hey, motherfucker, you know what? We're going to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. And, and I've talked about And you're this. right. I'm a horrible hunter. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. If I went to clear a house, you'd be like, Jesus, you are dumber than <laughs> dirt. But th those are the things when you're, you're what I would consider a man yeah. are handled verbally, not a big deal. You go through a hot wash, like you may be called a dumbass. Yep. Nowadays, it's just not going to happen, and I hope that maybe people like you or me and other uh, Matt Best and and uh, you know Stump or whatever can hopefully swing it back to what I feel is going to be better than the virtue signaling and the um, uh, you know the the cry me a river you know the you know the the victim mentality right yeah. and, 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 and that's and, what it, it's victimhood that's what it is yeah right? not everybody needs a gold star right if you suck work harder right yeah. you shouldn't get a trophy but yeah well now everybody's got a trophy because it's called instagram they can just get on there and just run their <laughs> mouths hey i got an idea for you how about you just block and delete or i'll just block and delete you for you or unfollow you um aaron where can people go to find what you got going on and um where can they go to get awesome bags from Kafaru? Gotcha. So, uh, kafaru.net. So it's K I F A R U. You guys net. don't have .com? Dude, uh, if you want to get into that real quick. Yeah, let's do it. What, what's this? Jesus. So I'm on the side of the mountain and I'm with my CFO. We call the, uh, th this dude, right? And I mean, he's, uh, I don't know if he, he's from Saudi or whatever, but it, 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 the dude bought all these domain names. Ahead of time. Just a bankroll. Just yeah. a bankroll. Yep. He's like, well, I'll take 5% of your company. And I'm like, what? And I'm 5% like, right, of what, your what, company? Yeah. Well, like, what is option B? Uh, 165000 I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm not paying you that. So for .com, which now there's there's actually, there, there's laws being made for this that we can yeah. actually get it for a re realistic price. But I know the .com, like, dude, I literally am on an elk and I'm like, there's elk around us, like close. And I'm like, are you kidding? 105 percent of the company, and that's what they do. He he literally, we looked it up. He bought 1,580 different um, IP addresses. Oh my gosh! Ten years ago to sell them. Wow. So, um, but kafaru.net. So k i f a r u dot net, <laughs> not dot com. Uh, and then uh, kafaru cast, uh, kafaru two, whatever. It's uh, just k i f a r u on YouTube. And then uh, A-R-O-N-S-N-Y-D-E-R -E is my Instagram page. And then, uh, yeah, I'm on just Google, whatever. I'm on all kinds of podcasts and do tech tips and things like that. So, 
Yeah, I, I'll I'll put all those links below, and I hope um, we talked about it this year. We talked about it at the Sig Hunter Games last year. Um, by the time this airs, um, we need to get together and do some co collaboration for um, education for Hunter's Ed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. we're we're doing the app that's preparedness related, but I want to use guys like Barklow, like Snyder. Uh, the subject matter experts in hunting to provide that education. I hope to bring the experts to you. That's what I look at Philcraft as the conduit to that. But I want to see a Philcraft Kafaro thing where we we get involved together. I mean, you're right on the road, man. Yeah, definitely. We're a lot closer now. So no, it, uh, and man, I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, I I just hope that 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 people like you and Andy and Evan, um, Tim Kennedy, like. I, it's going to be an uphill road to hoe, but hopefully we, we can swing things back into the, I don't want to say in the eighties and nineties, but Jesus, I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like <laughs> I missed I, the eighties, man. I was good with not wearing a seatbelt or a helmet and I ended up <laughs> fine. Like good Lord people. But yeah, yeah. But thank you for having me on, man. I Truly. appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming out. We'll get back to basics, man. Check out uh, Kafaru and Aaron Snyder. All those links will be down below. Appreciate you guys tuning into the black rifle coffee podcast till next time. Peace out guys. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!